Welcome one and all to a very spooky Halloween special of the Film and Nepotism podcast. It's also a show about movies and contrasts, I forget that. I'm your host, Jared Presswich, and across the table from me is a very skittish-looking Bodie Cutler. How's it going? Hey, Jared, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. What's wrong? Um, you know, I don't know why you've decided that we're going to record this at midnight on Halloween, but... Uh, I'm here and I'm ready to talk about some movies. Yeah, as long as you check into the cupboard, under the bed, you know, you'll be fine. Anyway, as you said, we are recording on Halloween night, October 31st, which means that the the show won't be out on Halloween, you know, schedules will not align, but there's plenty of um, chances for spooky occurrences and whatnot to happen. Oh, you right there, Bodie? Oh, God, what was that? I was just... You know, a lightning special effect I put in post. Calm down. Oh, okay. Jesus. Okay, thank God. Anyway, look, guys, this is the Film and Nepotism podcast. It is a show about movies in contrast. And what we do here is we review movies and talk about movies that we've never seen before with an emphasis on the polarity and the discussion that can happen between them. This is a spoiler podcast as well. The most important thing to remember is that we are spoiling the films we're talking about today. But we won't be spoiling Halloween, the new one, 2008, that we're going to be reviewing right now. I did see A Star Is Born the other day, but I'm not. I'm gonna, you know, it's not spooky enough, Bodie. No. Okay. Bradley no. Cooper is not a scary guy, so we're gonna save that till next week. Hopefully, you get a chance to see it before then. But anyway, Halloween 2018. Tell me what you thought about it. Uh, when you gave me the the option to review the the new Halloween, the 2018 Halloween, Jared, I was um I was reprehensive. I was a bit concerned about reviewing it. I really don't like these kind of movies. And uh, coming out of the movie with a critical mind, I realized there's a good reason why I don't like horror movies. It's because they're written poorly the 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 acting and the the special effects can be all over the place and in halloween i think um it satisfies an itch for a lot of horror movie fans that really like uh, gore and following one evil bad guy to be honest jared i really didn't like the movie what were your thoughts i disagree with you i had a lot of fun with this um i am more inclined to horror. I think we spoke about it a little bit in our third episode when we talked about The Thing. You did not like horror movies. But it's Halloween, what are you going to do? You are forced. But I thought it was faithful to the original, but it, did, it wasn't really shackled by it. It went in its own direction. I thought it was, yeah, just a lot of fun. But I think there is some things to what you were saying. I feel like if you aren't in the right mindset for a slasher movie like this, like slasher movies are goofy just by default. And if you aren't really into it, I think you're just going to nitpick everything, because there was a lot of dumb stuff in this movie, I'll admit that. We're not going to talk spoilers for this, like I said. Yeah, I thought overall the movie was satisfying. It had some great kills. There was there was this one five-minute sequence where Michael goes door-to-door and just murders these people. I think it was one shot as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Got a kick out of it. I think that was my favorite part of the movie, because I was able to stop nitpicking the plot and the background and everything that was going on in the movie at that point. So I'm happy to say that I, I didn't like this movie. I'm happy to go out on a limb and say this is not the kind of movie for me. But the people that did like this movie are, are or do like this kind of movie are really going to like Halloween, I think. But you can't really expect everyone to do their homework and go see the original. And I'm curious to see what people would think, besides you, of course, um, <laughs> that just go into this completely blind. Do you think it's necessary viewing to see the original before this one? I would say that having seen the 2018 version before the original, I didn't miss anything major from the original. You know, there were some nice callbacks after I watched the one from the 1970s, which did elevate the experience that I felt post coming out of both movies. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't think you need the original Halloween to see the new one. Okay, fair enough. We're going to move on now. Uh, we might um, call back to to the new Halloween when we're talking about the original Halloween and how it, you know, modern horror and stuff like that. But let's get into a movie also called Halloween, but from 1978. I spent eight years trying to reach him, 
and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Halloween is a 1978 horror film directed by maestro John Carpenter. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance and uh, a shape as Michael Myers. So, Bodie, you said that you've never seen Halloween before. First impressions? Lay it on all of us. Despite really hating the 2018 Halloween, after coming out of it, I was actually a little bit more excited to see the original, to see where this sort of story and this kind of idea came from. You had told me not about the plot, but about some of the characters and some of the ideas in the original. I came out, once again, not loving it, but really, really respecting it in a way that I didn't think I actually would at the end of the, at the end of the day. It's such an iconic series. I think there's around 11 movies all up with reboots and sequels. And I think people forget that the original is just some creep in a mask following Jamie Lee Curtis around in his car. <laughs> so, so I think if you pop in Halloween, the original Halloween, and, and you watch it, you might be a little bit underwhelmed. But I, I love this movie. I think it's super chilling. I watched it, I've seen it maybe like three times, but I watched it the other night. I was looking around corners. It's actually a spooky movie. Um, but let's talk about Michael Myers. So Michael Myers as a whole, as a character, do you think he's an effective slasher villain? It's really interesting that the main villain of an entire 11 movie franchise is a guy in the mask that doesn't say anything. And you have not a lot to work with in terms of character or facial expressions, uh, things like that in these movies, but... Man, he's, he's terrifying. Yeah, he's evil personified, as Donald Pleasance's character likes to say. But he's completely not one-track mind. He has some flourishes to him. He's got a bit of flamboyance. Like, he sort of imprints himself on Jamie Lee Curtis um, and follows her around for the rest of the movie. And he also, you know, sets up his sister's tombstone with that other girl that he kills. So I think he's more interesting than, let's say, Jason and other generic slasher villains. And I think with the way that the new movie was portrayed with it was very heavy Michael Myers more so than Jamie Lee Curtis that proves his staying power and his effectiveness I think yeah I totally agree with you I think John Carpenter has been nailing this kind of thing for such a long time his music in the in the 2018 version which is something we didn't quite get to talk about was amazing and it really was beautiful and spine tingling in in this original as well yeah in the original his Michael Myers influence is very unnerving you just feel his presence, even when you don't see him. You just know that he's around, and <laughs> you should be afraid, very afraid. But if you're looking for a movie with a similar feel, watch It Follows. Hey, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder like the, the bad guy could pop out at any moment. So I, I would recommend that. Michael in 2018 Halloween. Speaking of which, how annoying is it that there's two movies called Halloween? It is really annoying. Oh, there's also two movies called Halloween 2 as well, which I found out as well. Well, actually, sorry, there's three movies called Halloween. We forgot the remake. But anyway, we were messaging the other day, <laughs> and I was like, have you seen Halloween? And he's like, yeah, I didn't like it. I'm like, so when are you watching the original Halloween? He's like, I'm talking about the original. <laughs> it's really confusing. So um, hopefully people know what we're talking about. But anyway, so <laughs> sorry to go off on there, but he has this sort of notoriety in this new one. So everyone knows what Michael Myers is capable of. Everyone knows that he's a psycho. So when he does eventually get out in this new movie, he just goes on a rampage. Whereas in the original, you don't really know what he's capable of because he's been in prison since he was six years old. So it's very different kinds of feel, but they're both pretty effective, I think. In the original Halloween, not in Halloween 2018, you really get this sense of dread. The the longer shots, the camera is set up in, in such a way that you see a lot more of the background than you're used to in a lot of shots. 
you're looking out for Michael Myers in a lot of these movies. It is one of the first slashes. I, it's not the first, but it definitely paved the way for the Friday the 13th series and all those other ones. So naturally, it started some tropes. Bodie. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> Look, I was, uh, if... that was That was a big thing with you. You were like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But these, these women that are being hunted, they haven't seen a horror movie. So, yeah, that is true. They're, they're not in the universe where horror movies are readily available. Yeah, so what were some trope problems, do you think? De- I generally wouldn't call them problems in this movie because it started a lot of these things. And I don't really find a lot of the, the teenage constantly having sex or the virgin-style characters or the drinking and things like that to be major problems in this movie. I think that it actually does it really well. Totally, Bodie. Totally. <laughs> we do not play a <laughs> drinking game with the original... Halloween movie for the word totally because you will not be able to stand. It's only 13 drinks. What's wrong with you? That's a lot of shots, Jack. <laughs> oh, shots. We find shots yeah. now. I think the acting overall, Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance, they are the main two and they are very good. You see a lot of crap acting in slasher movies generally, but they're very good and they anchor the movies really well. But Jamie Lee Curtis's friends, well, one of them was okay. I reckon one of them was all right. She kind of reminded me of Ferris Bueller's sister. <laughs> and that, <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah, they look exactly alike and act yeah. the same. But the other one, the totally girl, she's pretty bad. Yeah, and it's to be expected in in a mix of uh, a new style of genre in the 70s and um, just it being the 70s in general, you weren't going to get brilliant actors in everything. I actually thought Jamie Lee Curtis was once again one of the best parts of the new movie as well, of 2018. She does a faithful job upholding her character's morality and her goals in the new movie. Oh yeah, she's iconic. She's up there with... Carrie Fisher, Sigourney Weaver, all those actresses. And I was glad to see her back in the new Halloween. I think she did a good job. I wish she was in it more, to be honest. But it's a, it's a fun fact for you, Bodie. We've been listening to the higher-ups. Fun fact! Okay. Um, did you know that Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter of Janet Lee, who is the main actress in Psycho, who gets killed in that famous shower scene? That is, that is an that? absolutely famous scene. Is that a fun fact? That is a, that, is a, that is a fun fact, and I think we've been doing a good job listening to the higher-ups. <laughs> yeah, the Donald Pleasance, he, his character is named after another character in Psycho as well, so there's, you know, there's that. That is a double fun fact on the spooky Halloween it's night. A... So, personally, I'm not really scared by fantasy horror movies. Maybe my brain just doesn't work that kind of way. I'm more scared with the realistic stuff. Like, I watched Wolf Creek <laughs> this month in my oh. little, like, horror binge, and that unnerved me a lot. But I don't, I'm not really sure where Halloween lies. He's not supernatural. Funnily enough, I was milling this over in my head as well. I don't know how to classify Michael Myers. He is a terrifying, behemoth, murdering, rampage, slaughtering machine, but also he does some really weird disappearing acts. He, he's very good at disappearing. He's, he's a really good stalker. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> he, he's really good. He's re- he'd be really good at hide-and-seek, to be honest. He would be. But no, I'm pretty sure in the sequels he is supernatural, but with this new canon, because Halloween 2018 ignores all the other movies, except for the first one, which also... That's not anything special. I know they marketed it like that. That's nothing special. H- uh, H2O did the same thing. It, was, <laughs> it, it ignored everything but two. It ignored three, four, five, six. But this is Halloween 2018. No, it, it ignores H2O as well. And technically, it's the second Halloween movie in a 12 series where 10 don't count. Yeah, it is, it is a little confusing. But in the normal sequels, Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. Not the case in the 2018 version? No. And, like, where where do you get off just saying that they don't matter, huh? Well. But you know what this all means, Bodie. What does that mean, Jared? Multiverse. Oh, no. Halloween multiverse universe. What would you pair the Halloween franchise in multiverse terms with? No, they're just all multiverse with each other. 
the world split off and they're all based around the killer of Michael Myers. Except for number three, which doesn't have Michael Myers in it. This is why people aren't going to like the ending to Infinity War next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It's like all for nothing. I think it's a different situation, but anyway, let's not talk about that. Uh, you did. You have anything else to chat about Halloween? Well, I wanted to sort of finish off my final point by saying that even though I didn't particularly love either of these films, I certainly appreciated the original Halloween much more than the 2018 version. Um, the reason that I appreciated them is because I went in with a very critical mind to what I had to do. I was given a, a, a job here, really, to review them. I an, an unpaid job. An unpaid job. Uh, work experience, really. <laughs> Um, so I went in with a critical mind, trying my best to, to decipher everything that was going on, on and off screen, throughout talking about characters and cinematography, and it's really hard to do that when you're going into a movie where one guy who can't speak chops up a bunch of people. So these movies work in what they're trying to do, and I'm hoping that in the future I'm going to be a little bit better at turning my brain off and just having a better time with these movies. I don't know, I feel like... It's good to have this difference in opinion, honestly. It's it's good to have a different perspective because there's a lot of people that love the Halloween franchise and it's an interesting take being someone that doesn't love them at all and going into such a classic like this. But that's kind of the point of the show. Obviously, we don't, re- we don't uh, review classics every week. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a good discussion. Oh, well, I, I love the movie. I think I said that. I think it's the best of the genre of slashes. Like, yeah, I think it's effective in everything. It really does. Obviously, it has some problems, but it came out in 1978, and it was the first, one of the first of its genres, so you got to cut us some slack. Yeah, and uh, as far as mask-wearing psychopaths go... He's up there. He is up there. Michael Myers is, is perhaps the most iconic. Well, Jared, you know, I'm all um, Michael myers out, so we're going to move on and talk about our next film now, and that is going to be featuring a killer clown. Did somebody say killer clown? Jesus fucking Christ, what is that? Hey, hey, buddy, it's me, Neppy, the film and nepotism clown. Uh, Sir, this is still a closed set. How did you get in here? Yeah, I don't know how this is happening, sir. Um... Please leave. Uh, come on, guys. You know me, Neppy. You know, the one of the guys from episode two. Remember that? Nobody watched episode two. It's our worst episode by far. Uh, I just came in to congratulate you on a really great Halloween review, Jared. Great points, man. Really, re- really top-notch stuff. And you damn handsome, too. Bodie? Could use some work. What? I just don't feel like you support Jared enough. You know, you don't really know what you're talking about, honestly. Look, Jared's one of my best friends in the whole world. Just calm down, all right? I think I I need to take over for a little bit. Bodie, I want your job. You know, absolutely. That's what I I want. I want your job. So we're going to knock review it, okay? We're going to review a movie that I want. So why don't you just sit over there, okay? Jared, are you really listening to this guy right now? Well, let's just hear him out. He's, he's a nice guy. Look at him. He's, maybe he's got some points about horror. Look, honestly. This is Look at him. He's a clown. Man, this is ridiculous. Jared, shh, you take... Booty, shh, shh, shh. Yeah, just... Shh. Well, I review The Time Traveler's Wife. I remember the first day we met. We travel through time. In fact, you and I are friends in the future. When you're a lady. There's no such thing as time travelers. Well, if you hang around long enough, you'll see me disappear. One second he was there... And the next, he was gone. So the time traveler's wife is directed by Ruth. Stop it! What are you doing? Man, that was intense. Nobody reviews shitty romantic comedies on this podcast except for me. My grandfather thinks this town is cursed. That all the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing. An evil thing. 
So it is a 2017 film directed by Andres Muschietti and Jared, $700 million at the box office. It is the most successful horror movie of all time and we're breaking our own rules a little bit because we've actually both seen this movie before. Yeah, we watched this together actually. Yeah, we definitely did. And uh, one of the reasons why I reckon we should be doing this movie for the podcast today is we really want to do a lot of contrasting of the old and the new for horror movies. We want to really bring in what worked in the past, why and how some of these stereotypes, and it is the perfect movie for that, I think. Yeah, well, why not get the biggest horror movie of all time? Technically, it's made the most money, had the biggest opening. So, yeah, why not? So, yeah, uh, when we came out of the movies together from it, both of us had the same look on our face, and it was a look of mild disappointment. We did not care for it. No, not at all. And after a second watch in the last couple of days, have any of your opinions changed on on it? No, I don't think so. Well, after I watched the first movie, I'm like, that is an interesting story. I'm going to, you know, delve into that lore more. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, (laughs) this is crazy, insane lore. So I read the book. The book is like a thousand pages long, but it's it's really good. I I, I recommend anyone that hasn't read it especially if they've seen the movie, to read the book as well. Yeah, we didn't really care for the movie. I didn't really like it all that much this time either. We have, I have a, a fair few problems with it, as I'm sure you do. Yeah, and this isn't the Book and Nepotism podcast, so aside from the review that the book is fantastic, this movie has a lot of problems in it. And one of the big things that I want to bring up is it's slow, Jared. This movie is really slow. And it's not scary either. No, I don't think so. And I, it's probably because they had to marketed a little bit different to what most horror movies are marketed as. This, uh, in its entirety, is a coming-of-age story featuring some some kid actors. Well, it's not very consistent in its tone, I don't think. It goes from coming-of-age 80s story, kids on bikes, whatever, and then it goes to those little scare sequences that every kid has in near the beginning of the movie. They just They weren't scary at all. So it didn't really delve into the things that I personally really love about the book. And it begs the question why it was made into a movie as opposed to maybe a TV show or something like that. Well, I think one of the reasons why this wasn't made into a TV show once again is because of the absolute critical failure of the TV show from the 90s. Was it a failure? It's a, it's a cult classic. It, uh, I, I would consider most cult classics start out as failures before they become, before they become uh, well-received by the wider public, or at least in, in certain circles. So, as I've read the book, I have some different perspectives than you, and the thing that I really love about the book is the town of Derry is pretty much the main antagonist. (laughs) There's so much lore, so much crazy stuff that happened in Derry that you can can flesh out over a thousand-page book written by one of the most prolific writers of all time, but it didn't really focus on the things that I wanted to see, and what it tried to do, it didn't do well, I don't think. So, it being such a long book... Things are bound to get cut, but it's just kind of an abridged but not as good version of the book. Like, for example, Bev, the character Beverly, she has this um, really complex relationship with her dad in the book. But because, you know, we're short on time, two hours, ten minutes, is that how long this this movie is? Yeah, roughly. The, the filmmakers were like, ah, let's just make it the, let's just make her dad a creep. That That's good enough. There's some conflict there. He's a creep, you know? As is pretty much every single adult in this in this movie. Yeah, I think one of the biggest issues with this movie comes from the fact that everything aside from the main kids and even some of the the main kids in the main kids don't get a lot to do in this movie. There's not a lot going on and I found myself as someone who hasn't read the books still wanting to know what was going on on the outside of these kids. I wanted to know more about pretty much everything and that's where it was lost for me. It, I think. Yeah, the character of Mikey isn't given really anything to do and I don't really believe 
his place in the gang. Like, they only just met the guy, like, a day ago, and then there's actually a few moments in this movie where they all do a group hug, and he's just group hug as well, but they don't know him. Sure, sure, they're brought together through peril or this, 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 this killer monster, but I didn't really believe that, and... Mike is meant to be the one that does the exposition. In this movie, it's done by Ben, and I don't think... I think, overall, the child performances are good. I think they're fine. Like, they're kids, what do you expect? But I think the kid that played Ben, he was he was definitely done... He was, he was not done any favours by the script. He was very stilted, but he had all the exposition on his shoulders, so... And one of the, the biggest problems, again, with this movie is, as you mentioned, Jared, it's trying so hard to be so many different things that even at the end of the movie, Pennywise is spouting a bunch of exposition, which, in a better movie, in a better told story, could have been given to the audience during the movie. It's actually incredibly creepy, the kind of stuff he's talking about. You know, the deeper lore about who he is, about what he does. You get it from newspaper clippings in a library a tiny bit. It It's never fully fleshed out, and that's the kind of thing that this movie is missing. It's stuck between being a horror movie and being a, a coming-of-age movie and doesn't an, do either an average, of them... An average coming-of-age movie. It doesn't do either of them very well. Exactly. The scariest parts in this movie, I think, are when Pennywise, his influence is clear. His influence is over the, the, over the people in this town, whether it be Henry Bowers, the bully, or... The humans, like that scene when Henry and his gang are picking on Ben and the, and the car drives past and they don't stop and help him. And then a little balloon pops up. Now that's good stuff. That That is scary. And it, it makes sense, you know, um, having so much going on in the background of a lot of these shots as well. Um, talking from a directorial standpoint, the director, which isn't something that we do a lot in this, is actually talk about how the the director or the cast set out to play their characters or influence the movie. But the director specifically goes on to speak about how important it was for him to have adults doing weird things in the background of all of his shots. And I actually think that takes a lot away from what's going on in the movie. It doesn't show any additional creepiness. It doesn't bring the audience in in different ways. In fact, it's actually just ruining a lot of screen time. You could be using all of this time to, to flesh out your story better, to use um, Pennywise's genuinely terrifying moments in the town of Derry against the, the kids, but it, it doesn't happen enough, and the movie really suffers from that. Mm. Pennywise is meant to be this... He, he's a poison. He's, a, he's poisoning this town. Um, and we do mention that a little bit, how, you know, oh, six times the kill rate or something like that, but we didn't really get that... Instead, they chose to use their time on like a painting that has sharp teeth. That didn't. That did not do do much for me. No, or I, a sick I, guy. He, yeah, a leper. But it stoops to scare cliches from modern horror movies, as I've said. Like when the blood gushes out of um, Beverly's drain, and and the and the music is just like and blood's everywhere. It's just overkill. It's like it's trying too hard. But um, speaking of hard body, um, Finn Wolfhard is in this movie. From Stranger Things. Yeah, that's true. And he has my favourite line of the whole Yeah, what's movie. that? That is, uh, can only virgins see this shit? Yeah, that's that's my favourite. I, I didn't think he was all that funny through the movie, but yeah, that, that line's hilarious. <laughs> Why aren't I seeing this stuff, man? It's, it's great. Uh, I thought I thought the guy that played, the kid that played Bill, I thought he was pretty good. I thought the girl that played Beverly, I thought she was pretty good. I didn't think they framed her very well sometimes. They framed her in these, they, they made a kind of a cliche, like, that scene where they were, like, ogling her when she's, like, laying yeah. down. But then again, if you read the book, you know that Beverly is very, <laughs> like, her her gender is taken advantage of, is what is what mm. I'll say. Yeah, the guy that played Mike wasn't really given much to do. The, the kid that plays Stanley, he wasn't given much to do either. And we won't, <laughs> we won't really, really see much more of them, because the next movie is them as adults. Yeah, and jumping forward in this timeline actually may 
save a lot of the problems with this first movie. They, there's going to be a better chance to, to dive into some more lore with Pennywise in the second movie. I think that's going to be for its benefit. I'm much more looking forward to that than I was about re-watching this movie. The adult part is very interesting. It's my favourite part of the book, how things aren't what they were, like um, being nostalgic and not growing up to be what you want to be. It's all like relatable relatable stuff. And I guess there's a they're trying to make the first movie kind of nostalgic so they look back because they lose their memories and they're meant to look back. But then it'd be better if the kids were <laughs> given better character development to do to make it more you know more impactful like i i think that they'll be trying to do but the cast for the for the next one is really good like bill Hader is richie that's perfect yeah and that is true and um jessica chastain jessica chastain is beverly that's yeah. a brilliant cast. james mcavoy is bill but um yeah i'm excited for it despite all these problems that um mm. I'm, I, I will be there next next september i think to watch this this next one bill if you'll come with me we'll float too George. Well, let's get into our next segment where we <laughs> contrast and nepotism is what we called it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about very different eras of horror movies, It and Halloween. So which one do you think is more effective to you? And I'm not talking just those two movies specifically. I mean horror movies nowadays first back then. Well, look, I don't have a lot to go off. So going off of what we've talked about today specifically, I think one of the reasons why Halloween comes out ahead for me in the horror debate about this is because it, it really is a, a one-note movie. And even if that can be seen as a detriment in some ways, it, uh, it's not the best movie of all time by any means, of course, but it having one solid premise, a good note to hit on, is scary. And it uses that note and that through and that music to full effect. The music in it is weird. It's not scary. It doesn't it's just, it's just whatever. It's whatever modern music. It's yeah. It doesn't evoke the same sort of chilling and creepy feelings that you get from from Halloween. Uh, yeah, I would have liked Pennywise to have a really um, memorable theme, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I would have done him a world of good. I'm sure there is a theme on the soundtrack that's like Pennywise's theme, but I don't remember it. No. You know what one I do remember? Halloween. And I remember ones from the new Halloween, and that just came out. So, <laughs> but there are a lot of great modern horror horror movies like Get Out. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Quiet Place came out this mm. year. Hereditary. You know, The Conjuring. What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> yeah, Cabin uh, in the Woods. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods, most definitely. Um, that kind of um, goes into some tropes that Halloween introduces, like the mm. Virgin um, being able to survive. It, and... it subverts it very well. Cabin in the Woods. But I want to talk to you about some of the things in it specifically that genre style horror movies can do better in the future i I didn't think its kills were very inventive every every kill ended with pennywise just like running at them and his face going and it's not kills either i I have a big problem with pennywise because it sets him up at the beginning of the movie to be a remorseless killer i mean he kills a young child and then he spends the rest of the movie not finishing off any of his kills. Yeah, you had a problem with that, but that's the main point. Like, he salts the meat, uh, and fear salts the meat of kids, and kids' fears are more graspable. Like, kids are scared of bugs, they're scared of snakes. Pennywise can't really turn into, like, tax returns, <laughs> or, or, like, petrol prices. That's no, scary, that's, that's scary. Those are scary things, and, and growing up to not be what you want to be, that's perhaps the scariest horror movie of all. Yeah, I guess. And <laughs> But they didn't really... 
make that a thing through the whole movie. So I can imagine you or anyone else being like, hey, just get him. Like yeah, exactly. That is really how I felt about Pennywise. Just Your arm doesn't extend anything. Get him. Get yeah, him with the arm, please, man. Like, you're literally in front of the child. You can get him. And you set up in-universe, in-movie, that he kills kids. And from someone that went in not knowing particularly the law, that feels annoying. That feels disingenuous. It actually, It actually just ruins the scariness of the villain, and there's not much there to begin with. So Pennywise is a bit of a no-go for me. I'm hoping that Bill Skarsgård returns, because I, I thought his he's, portrayal he's good, was, was good. Yeah, it was going to be um, Will Poulter, you know, that um, that eyebrows kid from Maze Runner? Oh, no way. Yeah, he was, he was going to be Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wouldn't need any lines. That would be no, just horrifying. Less eyebrow makeup, too. I think with modern horror movies, the ones that are most successful, they kind of go into some social themes, like get out you know, very socially conscious um, with, you know, racism. And I thought that was very effective. It it doesn't really have a theme, to be honest. Maybe the second one will have a theme, like... But, yeah, this one doesn't really have something that I can hold on to. I don't think Pennywise himself, as iconic as he is, is enough for me personally to be like, yeah, cool. It's hard, because given a more involved script or better horror writing in general, I think Pennywise would have been much better capable of anchoring the movie. Well, it was meant to be made by Cary Fukunaga, who did True Detective um, Season 1. He he was meant to make it, but he left for whatever reason. The studio was probably just like, nah, too weird, make it more generic. <laughs> but I guess technically the, uh, the studios were right, because look at that bank, boy. That is some serious dollar-dollar bills. All October I've been watching horror movies. I've been trying to do them every night, but I, I, I got a bit lazy. But the ones that I really enjoyed are like The Fly which was an old one. Green Room, which is a new movie, which I recommend. That's very that's a very effective horror movie. But I've been enjoying... Um, well, compared to you, I'm like a horror master. But there's a yes, lot of stuff true. I haven't seen. <laughs> so I'm glad I got to do that. October has been a fun month for me, honestly. Probably not for you, though. Well, I try <laughs> to stay under my covers as much as possible during October. Yeah, and it's summer, too. Poor it you. Is, I know. Well, that's the good thing about Queensland. You have access to air conditioning. Anyway, you want to wrap this up? You want to wrap this show up? Yeah, that's it. We've officially reached the air conditioning portion of the podcast, <laughs> and that means it's time to end it, Jared. Strange podcast, and it's nearly one o'clock in the morning now. We need to get out of here and uh, need to get some sleep. Well, you can find us uh, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, anywhere you can really find a podcast, but Spotify, I've been told. Apparently, we're everywhere but Spotify. Sorry if you, if you would like to listen to po- podcasts on Spotify, but you can also find us on Twitter as well. We've been um, active more on Twitter. I put up a poll that like five people voted in. Yeah, that was a good... <laughs> that was good. We're getting there, guys. We really are. We've got about 20 followers now. Yeah. So. At Film Nepotism Pod, and we're on Facebook, Film and Nepotism. So yeah, anyway, um, you, any last words? Well, thank you, Jared, for this opportunity to review some some spooky movies, and hopefully next week we'll talk about princesses or comedies or something romantic like that. Comedies, romantic comedies, maybe. From Bodie Cutler, my name is Jared Presswich. This has been the Film and Neptism Podcast. Spooky later. Ow.